everyone, we are back. This is episode 34 of the Football Fig Nuts podcast, and I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this week, we took last week off because Britt was sick and his car exploded. If you saw on Twitter, it was unpleasant. It was a bad series of events. But we are back, and because we took last week off, there's all sorts of stuff to talk about. The Colts have a new coach again. The Olympics have started there's been movements. There's been franchise tags. Where is go- Where is Kirk Cousins going? What's going to happen to A.J. McCarron? There is just a ton going on in a very early offseason. But first, dun, dun. starting where we always start, Craig has just handed me a glass of beer, and this is not something I recognize, so talk nope. to us about it. <clears throat> this, so I was going for new beers because as much as we love Two Roads, we were on a Two Roads track for a while well you know trying to switch things up a bit and we've reached a dead part for what for us in the two roads schedule right now the seasonal is the two zero to 60 um i'm not a i'm not a a tart or sour beer guy so it's a tart ipa so i'm looking for i I like them but i can only drink so much at a time right so what is it you've brought us this is by shipyard okay this is a new england ipa called Finder. Okay. Brewed on the waterfront in Portland, Maine. Okay. And this is going to be a two beer episode, guys, because I also bought for Craig um, one of the uh, a beer that's the, he's drinking the Finder right now, so we'll get his input in a second. But I also bought uh, a couple cans of Sip of Sunshine, which is by Lawson's Finest Liquids. Um, they actually brew out locally because they're based out of Vermont. Locally, they brew out of the Two Roads building, but this is something I've always wanted to try, so we'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. But, Craig, what's your impressions of the Finder? Um, it definitely has that citrus kick, so it's a very summery IPA. I wouldn't say this is not a winter IPA at all. <clears throat> if you like IPAs, you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of get the grapefruit on the back end with that kind of, like, bite that grapefruit has. Uh, so if you like grapefruit... I get a little like, bitterness at the end. That's kind of where I think the grapefruit's coming in. It's yep. not as juicy as other New England IPAs I've had. No, it is not like too juicy. It is not like too <laughs> juicy. I'm trying to think what else I've had in New England IPAs. I've had a fair few, um, but that's probably the most notable one. Oh, Fuzzy Baby Ducks. There you go. Um, is that's a little one. more citrusy. That's more orange to me. That's a little bit more orangey, So, which reminds me. I don't know. Speaking of orangey... Um, a shipment of bergamot oranges oh. arrived at Two Roads Brewery about a week ago. You know what that means. That's time for some orange beer. Bergamonster is brewing. Good stuff. So um, That's a good summer beer. That is a fantastic <clears throat> but summer beer. But it'll probably be gone by the time June's here. So, Well, yeah. But if you remember, <laughs> actually, don't forget, we're, the day we sat down to do the podcast planning, wasn't that yes. what we were drinking? Yes. That was what we were drinking. So everything you've heard for the last year comes from, comes from the Burger inspiration Monster. derived from Burger Monster. So. Yeah. Okay, so on to business. Yep. Stuff happening already. We're into the off season. I can't believe we actually already have NFL moves to talk about. We are going to relate them directly to fantasy. Um, burning hot take questions. Would you like to give or receive first today? Um. I will receive. Okay. Question the first. Okay. The very first franchise tag was applied on Tuesday. I just had to remember what day of the week it is right now. On Tuesday. Yep. And it was applied to Jarvis Landry of the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some information about what this means, and I want your evaluation on it. All right. Miami is supposedly cash-strapped under the hard cap system. I don't know the exact number, but... They do not have a ton of money to spend. 
They okay. Landry told them he would stay for fourteen and a half million dollars a year. A that's, year. That's what he was looking for. Was a contract <clears throat> for about fourteen and a half million. Okay. By putting the franchise tag on him, according to the NFL and according to C- verified by CBS Sports. Okay. The, he now must be paid under the franchise tender agreement sixteen point two million dollars for the next season. Okay. What the hell is Miami thinking when they could have signed a guy for fourteen and a half, but now would have to sign him for sixteen point two? Why would you tag him? Are they thinking this is going to be a one year thing and he's going to leave? Because I've heard rumors that, um, yeah, red rumors that they're going to trade him to Pittsburgh. Well, and that's part of how the franchise tags work. I believe it's a, um, I believe this is a non-exclusive franchise tag, which Mm -hmm. allows him to negotiate with other teams Mm -hmm. and gives them the option to either match it or to say, okay, well, I'm going to get compensatory picks in exchange for letting you go. Um, So basically a sign and trade kind of situation. So that's a possibility. I mean, if that's not your plan, that's the only plan I can see that would make sense. And what happens if what happens if they say no? What happens if Pittsburgh says no? He's going to be unrestricted, he's unrestricted next year. Next year, and they get nothing. I mean, can Miami possibly be thinking that a one-year deal is good enough because they think they can compete next year? Maybe. I don't see the pieces there. I really not don't. In, not in that division. As much as I don't, as much as I think that Camelot is crumbling in New England, I don't think. The Dolphins are going to be an issue. <laughs> even even if New England goes from Super Bowl player to bad, they are no worse in that division. No. N- worst case, nine and seven. Like yeah. if they fielded like half the team and Bill Belichick became a heroin addict, <laughs> they're what, nine and seven, ten and six. That's the worst case. They're likely somewhere between 12 and 13 wins again next year. You know, I don't see it. And Buffalo is on the ascendancy. Buffalo is getting better. They are. Uh, Miami's not. Miami and the Jets just, I don't see them competing. I think the Jets are in a better spot than Miami, but. I I would tend to agree, but I I just don't see this working out as a one-year thing. You know, not to mention, you traded Jay Ajayi, who you said was done. His knees were (laughs) going to give out. And he won the Super Bowl. (laughs) Not only did he win the Super Bowl, but he had tremendous numbers. Do you know what Jarvis Landry's yards per catch was I last year. do not. 8.8. Really? 112 receptions, 8.8 yards per catch. He literally catches the ball and falls over <laughs> like a fainting goat. <laughs> so I, it, put, it puts him at 59th among all wide receivers in yard per catch. I read that today on Football right. Outsiders. Thank you for that. Um, it, it, he's not worth... Sixteen million dollars. I mean, well, he is because who else do they have? But they, they can't afford him. They can't afford to keep him. Jacksonville's yeah. in the same boat. Jacksonville's got all these wide receivers that are scheduled to go, and they've got virtually no cap space, like none. No, that the makes... entire Patriots' starting wide receiver core: Cooks, Edelman, and Hogan cost the the New England Patriots. This was on Twitter, so I, I it's unverified. <laughs> cost the New England Patriots last year fifteen point nine million dollars. All three of them. And now they're going to want more. And now the Miami Dolphins have set the stage to have to pay their best receiver. One guy, $16.2 million when he was asking for a contract worth 14 and a half a year. I don't know. I think they just have it 
trade planned. That's my only. That's the only way this makes sense. My only guess. Only way this makes sense. Okay, so we're in agreement on that. Yeah. Question to you while I finish off this beer. <clears throat> this, was, this wasn't bad. Oh, it's not, it's not bad. It's, you, once you get used to the bite at the end, it's not bad. Um, yeah, I agree. So this is kind of one of our topics. Um, so I'll kind of half get into it. Yeah. Um, Kirk, well, that's, it can be the topic off of the thing. Kirk, sure. Kirk Cousins. Yes, Kirk. Kirk. There are various rumors of the teams that want him, even though yeah. it's going to cost them a lot of money. And um, he has not been franchise tagged yet. He has not officially. No, oh. to the best as as of about one o'clock. That we're recording on Wednesday night, so as about one o'clock Wednesday afternoon, the only person officially franchise tagged so far was Jarvis Landry. Officially I did official, check. officially official, tagged with an official franchise tag was <laughs> Jarvis Landry. Um. All right. So but he's a, he's a candidate certainly. Yeah. So some of the teams that are interested in, would be interested in him. Yeah. Uh, there's things that brought out that I've seen. The Colts. Not so much. I'm sorry, who? The Colts. The Colts. Right. You, 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 said, you kind of sound like yeah. the Colts. Colts. The Colts. Olds. Anyway. Not the was... Colts. The Colts is, <laughs> is something like they sacrifice as animals. Uh, the other team is the Jets. Okay. Another team that keeps being brought up, and I don't understand this, and I want to know if you have, if you can find any way how it makes sense. People keep talking that the Vikings should sign him. The Vikings have three quarterbacks, three, one of which brought them to the playoffs out of nowhere. Are they going to not sign any of them and sign Kirk Cousins? How does that make any kind of sense? Yes. I think part of the conundrum that faces Minnesota is that they don't look at any of these three guys as the franchise guy. Sam Bradford, while I was just talking, injured himself somehow. <laughs> He's He is very injury prone. Very injury prone. You know, I mean, th- there's just that. Sam Bradford cannot stay healthy he, as much as he tries. Teddy Bridgewater is coming back off of a massive injury. I honestly don't know how good he's going to be on the field again. And Case Keenum is still Case Keenum. Yes, he did a fantastic job with the Minnesota Vikings, but there's no guarantee. I mean, that's like saying that they should not, they should, the Eagles should let, let Wentz consider letting Wentz go and keeping Foles. Eh. You know, I mean, one or two good off seasons or, or, or series of games does not make you an automatic starter in my book. So, I mean, <clears throat> Jeff Hosteller. Um, let's never forget that. So um, he went to the Super Bowl. He went to the Super Bowl, then he went to the Raiders, and then he went to the Quickie Mart where he's been bagging groceries ever <laughs> since. So, oh, Jeff. Um, I was, that's a great question. Where is Jeff Hostetler? Is he dead? Nah, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. All right. Good for him. Good for him. Pretty Congratulations, sure. Jeff Hostetler. <laughs> um, and hi, Deb. <clears throat> Sneak that hi, in. Deb. We need to talk about XCOM at some point during this, too. We'll divert to that. Um, so, I think Minnesota looks at its quarterbacks on its roster and says, these are all guys with high upside, but they're also high risk. There's nobody on this roster that I'm really super comfortable going into 2018 with as my guy. They also realize they can't keep all three. That's how this worked this year was that they had three unreliable folks and it was a matter of who's going to be the last man standing. So Now, do you think 
now that they've seen they can win without Bridgewater, do you think they try to trade him? No, because they like Teddy Bridgewater. They really do. But they're not not to the point where you can sit there and say, okay, we can have you know a no name as the backup kind of thing. We can't can't risk having AJ McCarron as your backup. He's I mean as, as much of a great free agent as he is going to be. I think what you want to do is you look at Kirk Cousins. You talk about maybe keeping Bridgewater for one more year because I think he's still under contract. Letting Bradford and Keenum walk, and then you've got at least twenty eighteen set. You know okay. what I mean. Maybe Makes you draft sense. a quarterback. You know, maybe that's what you do. Maybe you draft a quarterback this year. I mean, you're drafting late. There's a lot of quarterbacks that could go end the first round um, in this draft. Uh, I don't ask me to start naming them because I have not started my draft prep. I just know when I'm looking at the boards, I'm seeing a lot of quarterbacks. No, we're not going to start doing that until you know. I'll say the draft. This, I'll say what I've <laughs> what I've looked at so far. I see either people think this is going to be like um, what was it, 84, the Elway draft, where like five LA, quarterbacks went in the first O'Brien. 10 or 15 picks. Yeah. Ken O'Brien went before all Marino. Of them. Yeah, exactly. For Marino. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's either going to be a draft like that or it's going to be a draft where you're going to get into the second round. There's going to be some really solid quarterbacks sitting around. Uh, so uh, Baker Mayfield is supposedly going to have lunch with, I think it was the Miami Dolphins this week, and talk to them. So the Ryan Tannehill experiment may be, this may, they, <laughs> this might over. be, well, I don't think it's or over. Jay Cutler. <laughs> I don't think it's over, but think about it this way. When the Chiefs were unhappy with Alex Smith and saying, you know, Alex Smith is starting to get a little old, they went out and drafted Pat Mahomes, and Alex Smith came out the gate and went, I'm not ready to go out the pasture yet. If they're starting to think Ryan Tannehill's never going to have that big What do they do breakout, with Jay Cutler? Well, Jay Cutler probably retire again, honestly. Probably retire probably. again. He doesn't care. You know, I think it really <laughs> ha- depends on what they want to do with Tannehill. Maybe they cut ties with Tannehill. Maybe they are done with Tannehill. Maybe it's a better idea for them and we're way off topic at this point yeah it's fine but maybe it's maybe their their thinking is let's cut ties with Tannehill. we're done dealing with Tannehill, and we'll bring in uh like a baker mayfield type and let him study under cutler for a year then let him struggle for a year or two and the next thing you know we're we're contenders again i mean think about it this way even if brady comes back for another two or three years he's not got more than two or three or four more years in him he says he's gonna play till 40 i don't believe that 45. 45. I don't believe that. That's because how old is he now? He's 40. He is 40. Okay. I don't think he's going to play till 45. So uh, if you can. I mean, if one you, bad hit and then. Right. I mean, if you're. might the, be over. <laughs> exactly. If you're the Miami Dolphins, I'm looking at 2020 as the year I make my move. I'm setting up everything for 2020. And that means I want to have somebody with a year or two's experience in there at quarterback. I want to have my quarterback set. So now would be a good time to consider doing that. So, okay. Question All the right. third. Okay. Have you been watching the Olympics, Craig? I have been. What is the Olympic sport that has you most captivated this game? What have you watched the most of? The most of? It doesn't um, have to be one that you discovered. Just what, what's been keeping your attention? Kind of, I don't know, because it's on at such weird times because, you know, they're in Korea. So right. It's hard to keep up. Yeah, you see it mostly um, replays. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I've been watching hockey. Okay. Uh, downhill skiing. Okay. And uh, this weird shuffleboard game they do on ice with sticks and brooms. Oh, you mean curling? Yes. So now is the point where I plug the fact that I am a <laughs> member of the Nutmeg Curling Club, www.nutmegcurling.com. Yes, I'm actually a curler. Um, I'm a club-level curler, which is kind of like recreational. But yes, I am a curler. Um, and I've been watching a lot of curling, too. The men have qualified for the uh, 
medal round. By the time this episode airs, they will either be in the finals or will be uh, eliminated. Um, they have They're to play playing Canada. Canada, right? Yeah. Who they beat, which is not necessarily <clears throat> a good thing. No, they we never beat Canada ever, and we beat them in this Olympics. I think it was uh, nine to seven. So you think that's the last? Yeah, it was that, like a one-time thing. We probably pissed them off. Yeah, I mean, c- Canadian curling is a different level. It's like Canadian hockey. Yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, uh, Canadian curling is a different level. First off, the Canadian men's champions determined at a tournament called the Briar. It's ancient. It's been around for years, and it's. Every province, am I using the right term? It's king yeah. his province. Every province gets to send a team. One. Yes. And then the reigning team Canada gets to go to represent itself and try to defend itself separate from its province. In the olden days, in the 50s and 60s, the, the joke used to be, and I was reading this in a, a history of curling thing. So if my curling friends are listening and I get this wrong, please forgive me. Please let me know and I will correct this. But they used to have it on either the east or west coast because they would run a train from one side of Canada to the other and pick up the teams as they went. Makes sense. So if it was in the Vancouver area, it would the train would start over here but like you know, with New Brunswick and, and over here on the east coast, and the curlers would just drink the entire trip over because it's like a three-day journey. Yeah. And then when they got within a day of getting ready to start the tournament, they would stop drinking and sober up and go play. But it's like a big thing up there the the briar um and and it's the provincial playdowns are very intense it is not easy to qualify to even get a shot to be team canada so yes we take it and not it's easy in the u.s it's not like four people walk into uh the olympic office and go we're going to be the curling team this year that's not how this works at all it's extremely competitive (laughs) down here too but nothing like it is up in canada toronto when we went to visit toronto two years ago they had something like seven or eight curling clubs within five miles of the hotel we were sitting in. There are two curling clubs in the entire state of Connecticut. Two. There's a third one that's being developed in Hartford, but right now there are two. The one I'm a member of in Bridgeport, and there's one in Norfolk, Connecticut. Hi to our friends up in Norfolk, by the way. Norfolk? Um, Norfolk, Connecticut. There is a Norfolk, Connecticut? Yep, it's, all, it's called the Icebox of Connecticut. It's <clears throat> all the way up in the northwest corner. I think like half of their members, they're so close to the Massachusetts line that half of their members are actually Massachusetts residents. Huh. Something like that. Beautiful club. Gorgeous club. Wonderful people, too. So, so, all right, so you've been watching the strange curling game. <clears throat> yes. Any questions about the curling? We'll make this our um, official Olympic curling segment right here. Well, I don't know. We were, we were texting back and forth while oh, God, that one match so was going hard. on. It is so hard to explain curling via text. It is. It is. I mean, there's a lot of weird words. Yes. There's a lot it's of terminology lot of, to it. A lot of terminology. It's a lot of terminology. It's a lot more strategic. Than it appears. It is. At, at um, its base, it's a very simple game. You want to get closer to the center than the other team, and you want to get more stones so it's closer. Like, so it's basically, it's, it's like bocce on ice. It is, sort ex- of. except because you're not throwing at a target, there's a lot of combination shots. There's hiding your shots behind other stones. It, it gets yeah. to be very strategic in that regards. So then in our text message, if you followed yeah. my my logic of it, yeah. if bocce was invented by the Romans... yes. The Romans invaded Scotland. Okay. Scotland people, you know, they pretty much got... The game was born in Scotland. Really bored, and, you know, they invented golf and curling. So, technically, did the Romans invent curling? No, because I'm pretty sure curling actually predates the Roman invasion of the Isles. Yeah, but bocce was before that. So, they brought bocce with them. But when they got there, curling was already happening. Hmm... 
Is it possible to influence the development of the sport? Possibly. I mean, when the Maybe. game when the game first started, <clears throat> it is started, amazing what you can think of when you're bored. Oh well, that's it. <laughs> you're talking about the country that gave us golf and curling. <laughs> you know, Robin Williams used to have a tremendous stand up routine <laughs> and tree throwing. Yes, Highland Games. Robin Williams used to have a tremendous used to have a tremendous stand up about about the invention of golf. I'd be like, I bet you can't hit this ball into that hole. And he'd be like, that hole right over there? And he'd be like, no, the hole 300 yards away. You mean the one on the other side of the lake? Yes! You have to hit it over the lake! And he used to do this entire routine about how the Scottish were sadists when it came to their sports because they would create these impossible games that are just frustrating as all hell. And curling can be frustrating as all hell. But yeah, though, one thing I did learn, um, yeah, how crazy it is about how the stones are made. Oh, yes. And they're quarried, and then giant loads of rock are shipped to one place on Earth. Yes. Well, all the, the curling the curling granite, curling stones are made out of granite, and the granite comes from one quarry on an island off of the Scottish coast. I think it's called Krog Aria. And then they have to be shipped. There's only two facilities in the world that make curling stones, and really the only one that's considered like the best in the world, and that's in Canada. So gigantic chunks of granite are mined in Scotland, shipped to Canada to become stones. And then reshipped. Back to Scotland, because I think the finishing facility, there's one finishing facility there. That's where there's two finishing facilities. Some of them are shipped back to Scotland to be finished and distributed over there. And then Canada has a separate company that does the finishing and refurbishing of stones. And then the stones are shipped there. So... So you're yes. telling me these these rocks go from Ireland to Canada and Scotland. then get sh- Scotland, Scotland to Canada, then sometimes back to then Scotland, back to Scotland, and then ship to like Norway where right. they use them. Yes, the stones we can have. You ima- can you imagine the shipping cost for oh, these things? Again, I serve on the board of directors for the Don't Make Curling Club, and we just bought new stones <laughs> two years ago. Yes, I can imagine the cost <laughs> of the stones. They are thousands of dollars a piece. That's crazy. Which is funny because when people ask me about curling, they're always like, do you own your own stones? Hell like, no, I don't like own my bowl, own it's stones. It's like a bowling ball. But it's not, except it's ex- <laughs> except it's 10 times more expensive. <laughs> so people are like, oh, do you have your own set of stones? No, F no, I have no stones. Oh, and um, not that Sean's listening to this, but Sean, Brick gave me a whole set of rules that apply just to you while you're curling that yes. Tom and I are going to do when we come watch you curl. I, I invite anybody who wants to come down. Our season runs until about mid-April. Anybody who's in the Bridgeport, Connecticut area, or if you're not, search online, Curling Clubs Near Me. They're in every state. If you're in Wisconsin or Michigan, you probably have driven by one a dozen times because it's very, in the Dakotas, it's very popular in the in the Northwest uh, or in the Central North. But, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. If you're in Connecticut and you want to, you know, or you could email us, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. I'll be happy to point you in the right direction if I can. Or if you'd like to come down, we do trials and stuff like that. Or if you just want to come and watch, we said, and that's the invitation I put to Craig and our friend Tom. Hi, Tom. Um, is uh, to come and sit and have a beer and 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 watch a match. And our friend Sean plays. I play. Um, I'm off tomorrow actually, which is really nice. Nice. So, um, but I, I mean, I love the sport. I love the thinking of it. My wife doesn't like when I watch it on the TV because I yell at the TV. And um, we learned um, that the louder you yell means it's more important. Yeah. Usually, usually, um, usually when when a skip yells louder, it's not. It's this, it's to convey urgency. It's not that they don't think they can hear you. Um, sometimes in a busy a busy place, you won't hear. I mean, the Olympic sheets, I think it's four sheets side by side. Um, I've been in curling clubs that are six. 
So you could be out there with six different matches going on simultaneously. And yes, sometimes you're, you hear somebody yell and it sounds like the guy on your team. Or is it? Or is it? It gets confusing. So, but I don't want to spend our whole time nice. talking about curling, but absolutely. <clears throat> we love, I love curling. I lo- enjoy playing it. I enjoy, and this time of year, it's fantastic because it's on TV as well. Good luck to the men. By the time people are hearing this, I'll either be excited because they're in the final or I'll be upset because they are out of the, uh, the tournament altogether. So uh, other news and notes. Let's talk about what happened today in uh, Tampa Bay. So Doug Martin, I'm oh, learning. Yeah. You were the one who broke this story he, to me. Um, so tell me while I pour the sip of sunshine. Uh-oh. So Doug Martin, he's been a Buccaneer for six years. and it's a uh, long time. Right now, it's a long time to be a Buccaneer. El Dragoon. Anyway. Um, those commercials are awesome. Those were amazing commercials. commercials. Um, Doug Martin needs a new home. Uh, he was under contract. Hmm through 2020 but now he's going to be a free agent so what's uh what's a potential landing site for him in your opinion <clears throat> um who could use a running back the card well i don't know what the Cardinals are doing well david they johnson still have david johnson but again he hasn't played in a year what about the colts frank gores the frank colts, gores a free agent and he's really the ravens who's in the who's in baltimore now or even the lions you know, I think the Lions are going to go shopping. I do. <clears throat> that's should. a good. That's a good point. So, where's a good fit for him? I don't think Amir Abdullah hasn't done well in Detroit, and he's a small, muscly running back as well, who's supposed to catch out of the backfield. Yeah, not but now everyone's everyone's going, you know, running back by committee essentially. <clears throat> so they can add him to Detroit. Yeah, but you want variation. You know what I mean? True. You don't want Legarrette Blunt and a fullback. You want Legarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi. You want the, the quick Jets. little guy. What's that? The Jets, the Giants, Miami. <laughs> he's he's small and he's fast. He can go a lot of places. He wasn't ever he was never a bad running back. He was in like he wasn't Frank Gore level consistent. Right. He was consistent enough, but you know he was suspended. That didn't help him at all. That's not going to help him in the free agency <clears throat> market. So. Let's see where he ends up. I could also see him end up being a change of pace back somewhere that's already got an established back. You know where might be a good spot for him? What about what about Dallas? Really? What about change of pace and for Zeke? If he's at the point in his career where he wants to do third downs and change of pace. That could work. That could potentially be <clears throat> really helpful Would for Zeke's them. Zeke's ego allow that? Zeke wants a championship. And Zeke, again, talk about guys who've been suspended lately. Zeke doesn't yeah, have a whole exactly. lot to say. He doesn't. So but we doesn't. think he will land somewhere, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, he's rushed over 1,000 yards twice in okay. six years. But again, the whole time he was a Buccaneer. So, I mean, the Buccaneers are not the best team ever. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pause to try the sip All of right, sunshine. Here it is. It's in a glass. Here we go. It's in the he's glass. Craig hasn't opened his yet. I haven't opened mine yet. So talk to the people, Craig. Uh, so sip of sun, sip of sunshine, bleh. sip of Take sunshine. Two. You know, I had this a couple, not a couple months ago, a while ago at a bar. It was pretty good. It was on tap. Thought it was pretty good. I don't remember really the taste of it though, but I remember not hating it. Britt is pondering. He's looking into the future. He's belching too. <laughs> He's trying not to belch into the mic. It's very smooth. Very smooth. Smooth for an IPA, eh? Very smooth. It is not supremely hoppy. All right. 
Um, it's definitely after the finder that we just drank. It is definitely a lighter option in terms of hoppiness. Now Craig is sipping his. Oh yeah, that is smooth. It's super smooth <clears throat> for an IPA, and it's it's very. I, I would have then to it's consider eight percent alcohol. It's eight percent, so I got to consider this borderline double IPA. Really? Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's. I think. I think Road to Ruins is seven point eight percent. This is eight percent. So See, this that this doesn't feel as strong as that. It's not as strong tasting as a double IPA. That's this could be dangerous. This could be dangerous this because be dangerous. you can easily drink a lot of this. You could get really drunk off of this stuff. That, really that's fast. a bad thing. Yeah, well, well you're not depends driving. on the situation. <laughs> um, interesting, though. I'm gonna take another sip. Keep talking. <clears throat> uh, it's an interesting can. It's very, it's very '60s hippie-ish looking. Yeah. With a giant yellow sun I in the middle. I think I like this. Do you like it more than the Finder? Yeah, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that, right. that bite at the end on the Finder really kind of uh, harshed it for me. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I do enjoy this a little bit more than the Finder. Um, we have one other Olympic topic. Oh, yeah, you want to go back to the Olympics for a second? Uh, yeah, while we're drinking this. Um, so the Olympics, you know how they have the opening ceremony? Yeah. It's kind of set up almost like Thanksgiving Day Parade with the two people. Yeah. Kind of bantering back and forth. Yeah, didn't they use Katie Couric this year? <laughs> they used Katie Couric and um, this other guy, Josh. Josh. Yes. Yeah. Um, dude, is this him? stuff is this stuff scripted or were they just winging this? Uh, because I don't know. It didn't sound they very both, good. Um, they both screwed up. Um, Josh screwed up a little bit more than Katie did. Didn't they fire him for they, making a comment? They fired him the next day. Because so it talked about because, Japan, Japan's, um, Japan's cultural influence on Korea, and Korea com- wanted to be like how Japan is now, right? Completely um, glossing over that Japan had occupied like Korea. Korea for like fifty years, and they don't really like each other. Well, they like thing. each other now. now, yeah. But people that remember that stuff, not well, so yeah, much. exactly. And um, yeah, he got fired. Yeah, he talked about cultural influence, and he was like, they really strive to be like Japan and absorb so much of their cultural. And everyone in Korea said no. what. <laughs> it's it's not absorbing cultural influence when you're occupied. So you know, give me an example really quick. Yeah. My brother did his um, college he dissertation. He was a history major. Yeah, he was a history major. It has nothing to do with history now. On, uh, yeah, I know. Worked in uh, and and he was fascinated with the Lake George, New York region, which is right up near the not too far from the Canadian border, but during Revolutionary days was highly disputed territory. Went back and forth between the French, the English, even uh, Native the Americans. Americans. Um, it went back and forth on numerous occasions to the point where the cultural brokership there, which is what they call that when you bring in something like, you know, how Marco Polo brought back pizza and the <clears throat> Italian said, oh, yeah, we love pizza. And it became a, considered an Italian thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, the cultural brokership became so obscure that people were speaking French during tea time in the afternoon <laughs> because it had just become just, that muddled over <clears throat> yeah. over centuries. And that's when, but when it's one culture forcing it on another, they're not real. Uh, they're not real excited to hear people no, point it out. No. So um, Josh had a pretty high position at NBC, and now he's no longer with NBC. I see. I had never heard of the guy before. I had no idea he even worked um, for NBC before all this. <clears throat> I forgot where he was before that, but I guess it really doesn't matter now. No. Uh, but Katie Couric, uh, she mentioned that people in the Netherlands are really good at speed skating because when the streets freeze, they skate everywhere. Um, that is not true at all. I mean, there's a river that freezes that people skate on, but they don't use skates to navigate the town. It's not like Venice, right? Where no, the streets are mostly no, water. So no. <laughs> I was trying to bail yeah. you out there, Katie. Sorry. 
So I don't know if these were, uh, if they just made these up as they went along or if it was scripted, but yeah, it was bad. Wasn't I'm not going to suggest that they should have kept Matt Lauer, but this is when Matt Lauer was semi-useful. <laughs> you know, I mean, he always had a way of making these things go a little bit smoother. He did. I mean, he, he turned did. out to be a total dip and yeah, they had other things, but, but like, you know, yeah, exactly. So this is reporting. His reporting skills were, were good. Well, Katie Couric's no slouch either, She's but not, but she just I don't know what happened there. So. I mean, Mike Tirico was part of the coverage too, but he was Mike Tirico has become unfortunately more of a glorified like we'll be right back guy in the NBC Sports world. <clears throat> yeah. So, wow. But yeah, there that it is with the Olympics. For now, that was my uh, question there or it not is. statement rather. There it is. Wow. Um, but yeah, back to football things. Yeah. What else is on your mind? Um, this week? We haven't talked about Frank Reich yet. We haven't. He has a new job. Yeah. As the Colts head coach? Yeah. Man, maybe Kirk Cousins should go there. <laughs> you notice the season, the, the Colts season ended, and all of a sudden the um, the news just dropped off about, about Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Andrew Luck can move his arm. Like, like every... We've heard nothing about Andrew Luck since like week eight. Well, that, That's not true. That is not true, and I'll tell you why. Because I listen to a lot of the serious radio, and they do updates every twenty minutes on the NFL <laughs> channel and on okay. the serious fantasy. And literally, it would be like, "Here's your twenty minute update, Andrew Luck update." Andrew Luck was seen in the McDonald's <laughs> this afternoon eating a cheeseburger. He was not using With his throwing arm. arm. In other news, and they would go to something. There was like every day there was something, whatever Andrew Luck was doing, or Colts owner says Andrew Luck is a super guy would be reported. They talked about him constantly. Since they, since the season ended, since week 17, I have heard nothing about Andrew Luck. Nothing at all. Nothing. Not a rumor, not him talking to people. This, to me, the acceptance of this job all comes down as to whether or not Andrew Luck is going to play. If Andrew Luck's going to play, it's genius because nobody knows more about being a quarterback, in my opinion, than Frank Wright. <clears throat> That's right. Look what he did for Nick Foles. <laughs> he stood exactly. He stood on the sidelines for four AFC Championship teams in a row. In a row. Behind Jim Kelly and just absorbed knowledge. Backup quarterbacks really make solid coaches down the line. Look at Doug Peterson, look at Frank Reich. They just they because they're not out there running plays. I think they just absorb more Info. of the clipboard stuff. And they're watching yes. plays all like they're watching defensive schemes the entire game. Exactly. So it's and, and when the quarterback comes in after an incomplete third down, what does he do? He walks up to the quarterback coach, and who's the guy standing next to the quarterback coach the entire the time? Backup. The backup. Oh, I didn't see that guy on the left hand side. That's why I should have gone to the right hand side. Mister X was wide open. You hear all that stuff every single play, every single series that ends, whether it's successful or not, that conversation happens. It happened for Frank Reich on four Super Bowl appearance teams. Yeah. <clears throat> and he led that giant comeback. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he was not a bad player in his own right. That is literally, it's like, it's like going to college and then being paid to go back to college to take your master's and doctorate and then being asked to go out there and talk to people, you, you just, you know a lot more Yes, is really what it comes down to. So, but if Andrew Luck is not going to play, if he is not good, 
I don't know how good this move is. I, Jacoby Brissett, maybe, maybe he can, maybe, make, maybe he maybe can work he with Joe a, Bur- Jacoby Brissett. New, New England, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I mean, Brissett's got skills, but there's a reason they traded him, and I'm not going to blame it completely on Tom Brady. You know, oh, I like ninety percent. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I think I think Brady was a lot more about the um, the second trade than the first one. I think Probably. Brissett was more. We have this other guy up and coming. Oh. I think they traded Brissett to make room for uh, for Greg Gronkowski, uh, Jimmy not, G. Yeah, Jimmy. Um, whose last name I'm drawing a blank on, but it's Jimmy G. Garoppolo. Thank you. Um, I've been trying hard not to do that cinch. Been trying hard. So, uh, you know, I think that 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 was that trade was more like, hey, we found something with Garoppolo that we didn't think we had than the uh, Garoppolo trade was, which was possibly, you know, Brady influenced. So I think Frank Reich will do well. I think so. I mean, you know, it will we'll see because not all coordinators become good coaches, but that's absolutely true. We'll see how he does. That's absolutely true. I wish him well. Absolutely. I wish him well, too. Let's divert from football for a few minutes. Sure. Because uh, upcoming in the next couple of weeks, we have um, one of my favorite events of the year is happening in Stanford, Connecticut, and that is what we call ConCon, and that is a board gaming event, a tabletop gaming event. Everyone just deleted this podcast. And everyone just deleted this podcast. Um, For those of you who like weird gaming kind of thing, and that's the thing, if you like fantasy football, you probably would like tabletop gaming. There's a lot of strategy kind of stuff to it. So... uh, Craig recently had with our friend Deb that we wish hi to all the time. So we had two Deb episodes. So hi, Deb. Um, had a chance to play the XCOM board game based off of the hit video game that spawns at least one sequel. How many XCOM games are there? Is there only two? two well, two recent ones. There were older ones that the newer ones are based off of. Okay. This particular board game is based off the new ones. Okay. So you guys had a chance to play it. <clears throat> I unfortunately was six, so I could not make it. I want to hear about the XCOM game. It's something that's being played at this convention I'm going to. I'm not going to have a chance to play it personally, so I want to hear from you how it went. Uh, it went pretty well. Uh, it's a one to... I don't know how you play this. I mean, you could play it by yourself. It's uh, one to four players. You are playing cooperatively okay. against an app. The app is the Aliens. Well, there's how you play your opponent's an app controlled. Okay. Yep. So, <clears throat> you know, you go with turns, and then it tells you what the Aliens do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not too bad on setup. There's a couple piles of cards, but it isn't too crazy. Uh, there are miniatures. There's one, two, four, six, eight. There's 12, 12 okay. figures. Um, there's about eight or 10 ships, which are your, which is what you do to fight the UFOs. Um, there's two sets of dice you roll. One is the alien dice. <clears throat> and then you roll, you have your own dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a six sided die. And it only two of the sides are marked. So you have to roll one of the two sides that are marked. And the dice hate me. So uh, I did die a lot. Did die a lot. My only issue with the game, well, actually, I think it was our consensus, is the rules are really vague. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, it, really, that's really it. So we kind of made up some house rules. Mm-hmm. Like there's a card that says destroy a ship, but it doesn't say... It has to be a ship already deployed. It has to be a ship that you have in reserve. Right. So we kind of just made it up as we went along. And that's that, the game is made by uh, Fantasy Flight Games, which is one of my favorite de- designers. But yes, that's my biggest criticism of them. Is, is that, that the issue with their games in general? 
Yes, because we've also played Star Wars Rebellion, which is made by them. And oh, they made that. They made okay. Rebellion and they made Armada. Do you remember Armada, uh, the, yeah, ship the ship game that we played the one time? Yeah, yeah, a lot of measuring. Um, they made that as well. They tend to be very. They don't. They write such. They create such in depth and fantastic games that they don't anticipate, even through playtesting, all the different things that could happen or all the different questions right. that could happen. So, yes, fortunately, there's a site, you guys, and I should have made you aware of this beforehand, boardgamegeek.com, where you can go and people have forums and these questions are usually asked by different people and people who are more experienced with the game will answer them. I should have told you guys about that. You probably could have found the answer in two seconds Yeah, we there. found some of those. Right. Um, the other thing, we weren't really using it, but the game is timed. What is it, like an hour? Uh, well, we didn't know what we were doing, so the first game we lost, the tutorial was like two hours, but we were, you know, learning as we went. Right. Um, you could pause the timer, but in doing that, if I pause a timer, say for, say the timer's two minutes. Right. And we pause it for 30 seconds. Yeah. You lose 30 seconds from your next turn. The app is that smart. Yep. Wow. So... Wow. But we'll have to play it again. Yeah, I would uh, like to Tom play it with Tom is doing two, two, of the, two of the positions, so mm. it was a little more difficult. My yeah. only issue was I wasn't really... There's two phases in the game. Right. Uh, so I really wasn't paying attention. Not, not paying attention. It was hard to tell which phase was happening when. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can play a card any time. It doesn't have to be your turn. Okay. So... That's a big difference for Rebellion because sometimes the cards will tell you you must play at the start of combat. You must play at this yeah. point. Very specific. It was it was fun though. It was fun. The um <clears throat> yeah I was I was doing some reading on Rebellion because I'm teaching Rebellion at you the, are at ConCon so and we're uh, you're coming this Saturday right? We're doing a board game night. He's drinking. Sorry about that. Ooh, excuse me. Yes, as I shake my head. Excellent. I have a game you might want to try with <clears throat> me really quick called Star Wars Destiny. Well, two player customizable card with dice. You oh. play the cards, you play like Star Wars heroes, and then you get <clears> dice <throat> that can enhance them. Remember so. for a while, everything was just a card game? Yeah, card games card were really game big in the everything. 90s. Yeah, in the 90s, card games were everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it started with Magic, and then Magic and Pokemon, and then it kind of grew. Pokemon's still going strong, Oh, dude. yeah. I actually work with someone, and he's really, he's in his early 20s. He is really into Magic. And he was telling me he spent like over the last two years, he's probably spent like fifteen hundred dollars in cards. Yeah, because he's going to tournaments and he's only buying cards that he needs, not like yes. just packs. Yeah, it's crazy. I was at a tournament. I did one Magic tournament one time. I did a sealed deck tournament because, I, and again, I love tabletop gaming. I did a sealed deck tournament, and it was a booster draft. And I opened the first pack. Oh, and I can't remember what set it was. But the card that came out of it was Sliver Queen. Mm -hmm. It was like a $30 card at the time. I couldn't use it. Oh, It's the first pack I'm putting. There's no way I'm putting together a deck around Sliver Queen. Uh, it's a very difficult card to use. It requires every color to play. Oh, good. Yeah. So, um, but I grabbed it because I knew at the end of the day I could sell leverage it. it. Yeah, I could go or back up to the counter whatever. at the shop and sell it to the dude. And when I went up, I, I got killed in the tournament, absolutely brutally murdered in the tournament, which I expected. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to try yeah. it. Uh, I went up to the counter. I was like, you know, I pulled this. And they were like, did you play with it? And I'm like, no, I put it right back into the box. There was a dude standing at the counter and went, I will give you four packs and $15 right now for that card. 
Did and you I, take it? I paid twenty dollars to get into the tournament. So basically, I paid five dollars for the tournament and got four packs back in addition to the cards I had drafted. So I was like, four packs sold. of magic or four packs of whatever. Four packs of any magic set <clears throat> I wanted. All right. So I took four of the sets that I wanted to just get more stuff in. And I handed him the Sliver Queen, and this dude screamed with delight because he thought he had gotten some sort of deal. Maybe nice. he did. Maybe he still has it. Maybe, Maybe he, he sold does. it for $200. Maybe he does. I mean, it was like a $30 card back then. So, But yes, I it, Pokemon and um, Magic have definitely uh, sustained yeah. over time. I'd so say, you know, sometimes I really, I really miss a Star Trek game. Sometimes. Oh, I really do. I thought about it. This year is the 30th anniversary of ConCon, and I thought about saying to the guy who organized, let me run. If I can get Just, sealed decks cheap, because they still exist. They do? Oh, yeah. If you go on eBay, you'll find guys who found a box of sealed decks in their back, and they'll just sell them for $5 a box. Damn. Still shrink yeah, We should just do that just because. There was a dude who had a case of them. That's like 32 boxes for like 100 bucks. Wow. I, I was like, you know, I almost want to just, I'll, if I do this. I'll never forget that night the one of the expansions came out, and I got it before you did, and it was the one with the Borg. I think the expansion was called the Borg. Was it that one? Or first contact. One of no, the other. That's what it was. Yeah. And you were like, "Why are you playing with all space missions? This makes no sense." Yep. <laughs> yep. And I was like, I had never played against that faction. Introduced that the expansion introduced new faction. I had not played against. Side, a side note for anyone, um, anyone who doesn't know, Britt and I, um, I do make it a point to when we play games to make his life very difficult. Oh yeah. And it doesn't matter if I win or lose. It's as long really just as he makes me annoyed. Difficult. Yes. So. It was fun. Craig and has it, come to card tournaments in the past where he has built in, in customizable card games. For those of you who don't know, customizable card games, you're allowed to buy packs and make your deck up. It's not like 52 playing cards. You choose the cards that go into the, the deck that you use. Craig used to kind of keep an eye on the way I played and would build decks specifically to annoy me. That's it. It didn't matter if I won or not. It did not make it, it did not make <laughs> a difference if he went 0 and 6 in a tournament. It was just about if I sit across from Britt, I've got to make Britt scream at me. <laughs> and and we used to have a lot of fun with it, but you know, um but I'm glad to hear you guys played XCOM and you enjoyed it very well. For those of you who are interested in that kind of thing, there are multiple events across the country. Uh C O N N C O N dot com. Con, like shortened for Connecticut, con.com is the website for us. We have D&D events. We have board gaming events. And it's at the end of March. I've been trying to drag Craig to it for years. He refuses to come. <laughs> um, it is, it's a bunch of uh, nerds in a room playing board games. But we love it. It's just enjoyable for us. And again, it, it's funny. We talk about this. We've talked about curling. We've talked about football. And we've talked about tabletop games. And that's really, it's the strategy on all three things that appeal to me. Even in fantasy football. Picking the right player a minute before Craig wants to pick them is what yep. excites me about it. Trying to outposition people. The last year I won the championship, or not not that well, this year I made the Super Bowl. The last year I had a really good year. I think I actually made the Super Bowl. I did. I won the championship that year. I'm sorry. That particular draft, three different times, my brother was drafting right after me in the slot right after me. And three times I picked the player he was about to take. And that's just a fantastic that is feeling. That's fun to do. Because that you just realize you have outmaneuvered your opponent. You have you have made a move. And I go on to win the Super Bowl that year. And Adam probably would have won the Super Bowl that year. Because I think the guys I outmaneuvered him on, and this is like five or six years ago, were like Julio Jones in his second year while Roddy White was still playing. Uh, I'm trying to think of who my running back was that year. 
Tom Brady was He's the quarterback, <laughs> but he that was the year he came on strong late and scored like 50 points in week 16 and won me my Super Bowl, helped me win my Super Bowl. I cannot remember my running backs. Ray Carruth. No, no, not that far back. Is he in jail <laughs> or is he dead? No, he's he's getting out soon. Is he really? Has he been in that long? Fred Lane is dead. Fred Lane is the court is the running back who passed away. Yeah, yes. that's, that was shit. That was sad. That was sad. All right, we're getting way distracted. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, any any event that, that's you learned a little bit about me today. I'm all about strategy kind of based things. So, and again, it's the off season. We told you guys we're gonna get a little off topic during the off season. I would love to play XCOM with you guys, uh, Deb, if you're listening, which I know you're going to be. Bring it Saturday night. My wife has already said, hey, if you guys want to sit up in the corner and play, go right ahead. I'm going to go over here and play some more fun games over in my corner. Um, I found out my copy of We've Got Crabs is not going to arrive on time. Yes, I've ordered a game called We've Got Crabs. <laughs> By the oatmeal. By the oatmeal, yeah. Um, so they make some, there. there's some fantastic artists there. So, all right. So we are way off topic, but we talked a little we bit are. about everything. We curling, did. football, Beer. again. It's the off season. It's the off season. I'm enjoying At least it's the off season until uh, when's the draft? April. Yeah, we need to get my brother in here. My brother is still trying <laughs> to make sure he does not have contractual obligations that prevent him from appearing on air. Um, he, he doesn't work for sports. He just has you know a very important kind of job. So he's checking to see if he Which can has come and join nothing us. to do with history. No, no, but hey. Damn it. Smart dude, man. He does what he did. He's a hard worker and I love him for it. I'm going to see uh, as a real quick aside. Speaking of my brother, yep. I'm going to see Marvel Universe live with him and his family. Oh, you're not serving beer at that? Uh, no, I'm taking the day off and I'm oh. going to see Marvel Universe live. I'm a little afraid. Um, All right, you can see Spider-Man skate around. Spider-Man, supposedly Captain America, rides through on motorcycle and jumps through flaming hoops and whatnot. I have seen motocross on ice before, so I mean... Motocross on ice? I've seen that. That's not a real thing. That's a real thing. No! Yes, I saw it in... Was it in New Haven or Hartford? New Haven. No, I'm 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 declaring shenanigans on that. I've seen it twice. Twice? Yep. Motocross on ice. Now, here's a really funny thing. Go for it. When I saw... When a friend and I, Jay, saw it, because uh, the tickets were, fr- I don't even remember how I got the tickets. Um, went to go see it, and there was this drunk guy there who's, who was sitting right behind us. Uh-huh. He, he was amusing for a drunk guy. Um, we, we were talking to him for, for, throughout it. And then we, we leave, and we go out to, we go to this other place uh, closer to us, and uh, he's there. How is that possible? <clears throat> I don't know. He's he magically showed up and he goes, Hey, I now know he's still drunk. Yeah. He's like, Hey, I remember you. Follow me. I'm the fucking plumber. And he walks through the door. And we were like, I'm what? the plumber. Yes. The effing plumber. Yes. And then he walks through the door and we were like, what the hell just happened? That's bizarre. It's really bizarre. No idea, because it's like a 30-mile difference between where we were. Yeah. Ah! Oh, the... uh, don't worry, it's an empty can. There's no question that, that, that your mic picked that up. There's no it question. Did. We'll leave it. But why? Yeah. <laughs> the plumber. That's a better story than the day the guy told us they can't both be champion during a That's wrestling match. That's up there. That's that was, up there. Oh. He was also drunk. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. Yes, that guy. Yeah, I mean, that's... Craig and I have seen some weird stuff together. Weird stuff, folks, so... Um, wow, that's. I, I don't think yeah. I'll see anything stranger than Nitro Circus. 
Nitro Circus was in Bridgeport two years ago, and I got suckered into working the um, the merchandise table. Yep. And I had a full view of the entire thing. Rocket-powered Barca loungers being shot down ramps. People on tricycles going down ramps through, like, exploding And this is stuff. a real thing. It's a real thing. Not only is it a real thing... That in other, but in other cities where people have been horribly injured because the tricks have gone wrong, before they let them do the trick, they show you the injury on the big screen. Oh. So you can say, this is Joanne. She did this just last week in Chicago. Look at her dislocate six joints. But that's okay because Joni's going to try it tonight. <laughs> and you're, I, I sat there, and again, this is, this is through the Bluefish. And I sat there. My wife was uh, was volunteering with me. Volunteering is a, a we were paid for it, but um, she volunteered to help. That's what I should say. Yeah. And we're watching this, and she said, "I was stark white through the entire thing that someone was going to die in my ballpark that night because there's just it was crazy stuff. We're going to put seven guys on a motorcycle. Then they did a drawing. Not even joking. They did a random ticket drawing." For two people to oh. ride a motorcycle through a flaming loop-de-loop. People out of the stands. Really? Yes. And they were like, no one's ever gotten hurt on this before, but there's always a first time, folks. And I'm like, are you freaking wow. kidding me? <clears throat> That's a lawsuit. The liability was, oh Was my. there a waiver that had to be signed? I would imagine there were multiple and had to be notarized. It, it must have been intense. We sold thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. People ate this stuff up. That's crazy. It was nuts. But motocross on ice is kind of similar sort of thing. I'm like, how do you even do this? How? So anyway, I'm going to stop babbling because I'm almost out of sip of sunshine. And we're done talking with football topics. But Craig, final thoughts. Um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting offseason because moves have started already yeah not so much moves but you know well the things franchise are, tags things you only are have, starting to fall into place and you only get like season. two weeks to do the franchise tags that's it yeah after that you have to you and have then to the, the draft will be the combine and the draft will be here before we know it exactly exactly and in the meantime we have the olympics which has been a nice filler for me it i've has. enjoyed it oh yeah yes it has oh and yeah curling has become a focus this happens every four years curling gets publicity and the phone so it's rings. like people going to the gym after uh new year's yeah it is it is we have we so have your club's gonna be busy for a month and then it's gonna go away yeah we have events tonight tomorrow we had one monday night where we're introducing the game to uh to new players and and trying to increase our membership you know i mean it's it, it's in the public eye right now so we hit while well, the iron's hot you know but uh yeah it's it's exciting and i i love it i absolutely love it and i love watching curling i love I love watching curling at the uh, curling club because the more experienced older curlers will tell me when people are making mistakes or what they would do, and you just learn more about the game that way. So it's a lot of fun. If you if you have an opportunity to watch it with an existing curler, do it. Do it. If one of your buddies is like, yeah, I've been curling for 20 years, go sit and watch a match with them and ask him, what does it mean when they say they're going to do a draw? What is a raise takeout? What's a 9.5? A lot of weird terminology. It is. It's very unique terminology, but once you're used to it, it makes sense. So exactly. Anyway, um, final thoughts on my end. Enjoy the curling. Enjoy the Olympics. It'll be over before you know it. And it only comes around every four years, folks. 
I mean, right. the summer yeah, games. The summer Olympics next summer? Uh, two years. So it'll two be 2020. Okay. It's every two years one of them happens. But it'll be four years again until you see Olympic curling. Enjoy right. it. Uh, in the meantime, we will be back next week. We will talk more off-season moves. By then, we should have a lot more folks with franchise tags on them because we'll be getting near the end of the franchise period. Uh, but we'll see what happens. In the meantime, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.